Hey, it's time for the golf club, the second version of the golf club podcast. Uh, Randy Merkin, I am the assistant program director here at ESPN Chicago, and I produce Carmen and Yurko. And what a pleasure to have my good friend. I produced his show for over five and a half years. Tom Waddle, part of Waddle and Sylvie, this week on the golf club. Hi, Tom. Hey now, Randy. How are you? I thought you were going to say I'm the assistant pro at your local golf course. Uh, no, no, you are not. But you, I'll tell you what, you have taught me so much about the game of golf when we played together. There's certain, uh, every, every time I've learned something playing yeah. golf with you. Yeah, there's no question. Well, it's funny because, I mean, I think that golf is such a, it, it's a constantly learning game where, you know, I, nobody's swing is the same. Mm-hmm. Hey, ask Jim Furyk and ask Tiger Woods or ask Randy Merkin or ask whoever it is. There's no, they're like snowflakes. Every swing is different. So like it's, you, you, but you can still pick up certain tips from other people. Now you and I have played, I've seen you play uh, sporadically over the course of time. Um, and I've noticed like back in the day to reference what you were saying, like in the sand, you became a complete, you know, knucklehead. Mess. And completely, yeah, a total mess. Yeah. And you, you, you've already psyched yourself out. Right. You, you just, you're, it, you, it's a self-fulfilling failure before the club ever goes back. And every time you would just throw the club into the sand and just stop. Yep. And I was like, Merck, you got to swing through it, brother. I mean, don't be afraid of the sand. It's not going to bite you. So what you got to do is open up the face of that club a little bit and just trust your swing. But don't quit when you hit the sand. You got to come through the ball. And what do you know? I probably saved you two or three, maybe four strokes around just based on you taking a different approach to your sand shot. It's funny you say that. I was telling our boss, Mike Thomas, last week that we were playing one time. I think it was up at Grand Geneva. And we stayed in, you know, we, we had the course pretty much wide open. And you, yeah. we stayed there like for 20 minutes and you were just telling me, giving me tips and tips. And there's another time. We were playing, and I was behind a tree, and I was like, well, I'm just going to punch out. You're like, nonsense. Open that club face up, get underneath it, and you'll hit it over that tree. And I did. So, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, you, you've been a huge help. Now, of course, as most things, Tom, as you know, like, it goes and comes and goes. Of course. Yeah, but, um, like, I, listen, Merck, I can sit here and tell you how to do it and then get in the sand and then just start chili dipping things. Right, right. I mean, it's like there's, I'm, I'm not like, you know, I'm not Butch Harmon for crying out loud. All I'm doing is noticing kind of the basics, which people, you know, can point out to me as well. Now, the execution of it, like I know how to, I know how to fix certain things, but the actual execution, I could still go out there and, and be a, a fool in the sand trap. Of course. Now, um, throughout the years as a Chicago Bear, you obviously got some perks that most of us don't get. When I go out and play golf, especially now, I'm making basically me feel guilty, Merck. Is no, that what you're saying? No, no, like no. Making me feel guilty for free golf around no, no, the uh, no. I'm Chicago not even saying area? free golf. I'm saying I get paired up with you know random golfers or every once in a while when my buddies will go out and play with me. But when back in the day, you used to always tell me great stories about playing with your teammates, Jim Harbaugh, yeah. Peter Tom Willis, yeah. uh, Shane Matthews, yeah. and and then you also did something which I used to watch every Sunday night back in the day. <laughs> it was Mark Jean Greco and I think Tracy Butler were the hosts, and it was this awesome event of all these Chicago celebrities all together at a golf course. And I knew it was filmed in one day, but still I loved it. And uh, I mean, every Sunday night I would get home and make sure I watched it. But first, t- take me through some of your, your more enjoyable stories with teammates, Tom, uh, on golf courses. Well, that was kind of like the extension of our team. We would go from the football field to the golf course. And if it wasn't the golf course, it was the bowling alley in winter months. But as soon as the weather got nice... We had a group that is, you know, whether it would be in the off season 
or it would be we really wouldn't play golf as much during the the regular season, especially early or uh, later in the year because the weather wouldn't wouldn't cooperate. But uh, you know, maybe, there was a couple of Tuesdays, maybe once a month in September, or maybe if you got a chance into October. But during the football season, you're pretty much focused on football. But outside the football season. You'd have, and there was no limitation to the number of days that you could be up at Hallis Hall, or at least we weren't paying attention to it. So we'd all be up there working out as a group. And, you know, in, in, in most instances, you'd be done by noon. Well, by one o'clock, we're all, a gr- you know, probably two groups of four, maybe sometimes three groups of four. We'd be up at Midlane, uh, up in Wadsworth. That was our place. We, you know, uh, Lenny Kayat, I believe, was the, the guy who was was the owner and operator, and he was a good friend of the team. And so whenever we would get a chance, we would all haul ass up to mid lane and basically play until the sun went down. And it would be me and John Mangum and uh, Peter Tom Willis, as you mentioned, and Shane Matthews. Shane Matthews and Peter Tom Willis were probably the two best golfers. Uh, John Mangum came from Alabama and didn't where well, he lived in Mississippi, but but played at the University of Alabama. I don't think really had taken up golf prior to becoming a member of our team, so he was learning his way through it. Jim Morrissey would play. Ron Rivera was part of that group. Jim Morrissey was part of that group. Was uh, uh, was Harbaugh involved? Harbaugh was uh, was har- part of that group. Jim Robocop Thornton was part of that group. Glenn Kozlowski. I'm telling you, Merck, we had. Anywhere between eight and twelve guys going up there on a daily basis. So, you know, it was it was so much fun that you would take the extension of of who we were as a team on the football field, and we would take it to the golf course. And highly competitive. I mean, Harbaugh was he probably wasn't as frequent of a member of this playing group as as others, but boy, was he you know he was competitive. Uh, Kaz was was also competitive. Was a club thrower. Uh, Jim Robo, Robocop Thornton was a guy who could hit it a country mile. But P.T. Willis was the best golfer of all, and he didn't hit it further than everybody, but he was just steady. He was down the middle, and he was kind of the uh, – he was our A players. We would go A, B, C, and D as, as groups, and he was always the A player for whatever group that uh, he was he was anchoring. So we had a blast. I mean, it was – we were friends. It wasn't just we were teammates, but we were friends, and that friendship, you know, extended uh, to the golf course. There was no doubt. I mean, hundreds of times we spent on the courses together as a group. No doubt, it was so much fun. So, all right. So, it's a couple things. So, who set the tee times up? Was it was it just you just showed up and played, or did you have to call? Well, Kaz, Kaz and Lenny were good friends, so Kaz would basically say, "Hey, Lenny, we're coming up. We got eight. Or Lenny, hey, we we got twelve. And then we would show up, and they would fit us in, and and off we'd go. Um, some days were more open than others, uh, so we would kind of we would never play on the weekends because everyone was with their families. Uh, Fridays probably weren't a good day, but Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. I mean, we were playing three days a week in the off season, and everybody, if you remember, if you remember um, back in the day, the Tommy Armour eight forty fives were the thing. Well, the Tommy Armour facility was in Morton Grove, I think, is where it was. It was here locally. So all of us were, like, constantly at the Tommy Armour 845, you know, production site. And everyone, you know, PT had had his own set of clubs, but a lot of us were playing those clubs at that time. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it was it was cool. Um, you mentioned the, the, the shootout. Now, it's so funny you mentioned that because like last couple weeks, because we're all kind of in quarantine, my wife 
went through all the the videos we have in the basement. We must have like three or four giant boxes of them. We didn't have a VHS player. So my wife or whatever it is, she had to find one on a website and deliver it. We spent, I want to say, two weeks ago, we spent an entire afternoon on uh, on a Saturday um, watching all of the episodes of the 10th anniversary of the Chicago Bears Super Bowl shootout test drive. This is what it was. It was Channel 2. It was brought to you by Chrysler Plymouth. And at that time, it was Howard Sudbury and it was John Bulldog Drummond. Wow. So, so, so they so were. What the, year was this then? This was. This, this was. Gosh, what what year was this? Okay, so I'm looking at a uh, I'm I'm looking at a, a picture of it right now, and it was brought to you by Chan, Channel Two WBBM TV, and and Howard was the host, and so was Drummond. I can't. So it was a tenth anniversary. So it was in '95. So it had to be okay. in '95. So it was okay. a year after I'd retired or coming off the retirement, and we played. As if there was okay. Listen to these names. All right, Richard Dent. Dan Hampton, Ron Rivera, Mike Singletary, Gary Fensick, Mike Ditka, Jay Hilgenberg, Walter Payton, Kevin Butler, uh, Jim McMahon, and yours truly. Now, that was the 10th anniversary of it. Now, that one, I, I, I take that back. This one may have been, I played in a second one because I won the one. I'm probably screwing this up now. I won the one that we watched, and that one I, I, I got all the way to the finals, to the semis against, it was me. It was uh, George Blanda, and it was a Jim McMahon. And Jim McMahon and I got into a chip-off, and I ba- barely beat him by like three inches. And, and McMahon, then McMahon's ended- a really good golfer, right? Fantastic golfer. Hits at a country mile. And the, uh, the weird thing about McMahon, correct me if I'm wrong, doesn't he, he doesn't wear shoes, right? He doesn't. I think he was wearing them that day, okay. but he doesn't now. Anyway, I'm, I've totally screwed up the story, but in a, in a prior year, I actually won the event. So I beat George Blanda while I was still playing. The one I have the picture of here that I'm going to send you is from, uh, I believe, from 95. So I was already retired. But think about I've got this picture, and it's signed by everybody. It's Butthead. It's Dent, Ditka, Fensick, Hampton, Hilgenberg, McMahon, Peyton, Rivera, Singletary, and my dumb ass. And you didn't win that year, though, right? I did not win that okay. year. No, I was, so, I was so intimidated. Look, I had Singletary Hall of Famer. Uh, Hampton Hall of Famer, Dent Hall Ditko of Famer. Hall of Famer, Dent Hall of Famer. Uh, you know, I mean, it's it was crazy. I mean, I was just so fortunate to be part of of that event, and and it was it was held at uh, Kemper Lakes Golf Club, which was you know if we weren't going to Midland, we were going to Kemper Lakes. So it was just it was fun. Uh, now the the other event I'm talking about, Tom, is it was I think it was on it was on Channel Seven, right? And it was. Um, it was usually the big name celebrity. Did you ever play in that event? It was like all different baseball, f- football, hockey, and it was with Mark Jean Greco and Tracy Butler. Yeah, I never got a chance to play in that one. I only played in the Bears specific one. Okay, uh, but I remember those as well. I remember those. But the funny thing is, as I was saying, the one that we, my wife and I watched, we played. It, it was basically you played until there was one guy left. So it was nine hole. It was nine, nine or ten hole uh, event. But they ran it a whole a week. So it was 10 weeks worth of programming. We got it done in four hours during one day. Right. And most people thought, actually thought you were probably showing up to the course each week <laughs> right. to, play, to play another round. Except or for the was, fact yeah. that I was wearing the same outfit on every single occasion. Right. So uh, Another question for you. Any time, did you ever play a round? I know you've been on the same course with him, but did you ever play a round with Coach Ditka? 
a, t- a full round with Coach? No. No, I've been at events with him, but I've never, yeah, I've never had that that pleasure or that privilege. I, I mean, I know up at Bobolink where he used to play, it was like, you know, it was it was it was a scene anytime he would go out and do that. So I'll tell you this as well, Merck. That those are two of my favorite stories. But I also remember I got a chance to play in the the NFL Classic in in Upper Montclair, um, New Jersey when I was playing. So, like, it was a senior tournament, and I have a picture with one of my playing partners one time was Bob Panasic, who I believe was the senior U.S. Open. Uh, he was the defending champ, and I was paired with him one day, and I was paired with Chichi Rodriguez the other day. So, I mean, it's – those were some of the uh, – just uh, – those two th- those two rounds, I think I shot 96 and 86 because I was so nervous to play because we would play earlier in the week, and then the, the – the, the senior players would then have a tournament on Friday, Saturday, right. and Sunday. Right. But we would play a two-day pro-am. Uh, the NFL something, you know, whatever classic it was. So, look, I may not be the world's greatest golfer, but I've had some really fun experiences. And, oh, by the way, I'll tell you this as well. One of the the perks of playing in that Channel 2 shootout, Bears shootout, was they gave us an opportunity. They gave us kind of like this gift certificate to go to this place called Kiowa Island, South Carolina hmm. to play golf. And I believe the 91 Ryder Cup had been played there. So it was starting to gain some pretty significant uh, attention. And that's where we, what, I took that golf course certificate. My wife and I and some friends went down to the course. And for the last, what's it been now, 25-plus uh, years, uh, we go down every year, and, and Kiowa Island, South Carolina, has been part of my life and part of my golf experience uh, now for uh, going on two and a half, three decades. All right, there's a couple of things I want to get to, but first, in all those, those, uh, those matches you had with all the other Bears players, what's the most amount of money you won and the most you lost? Most amount of money I won, probably, you know, nothing more than two or three hundred dollars. And the the loss was the same. Like we were never. First of all, you have to understand. I mean, like we weren't being paid. The guys I played with weren't the top top of the, you know, like Harbaugh was getting paid a lot of money. Uh, But like Morrissey and me and even Ron Rivera and P.T. Willis and others. I mean, we made a good living, but we. We weren't making Jordan money, so I mean, the the it was fairly um, friendly gambling is, is is the best way to describe it. But you know what, Cos liked to to you know kick it up a notch every now and again, and if it got up over two or three hundred dollars, then that was a big day, and feelings would get hurt, and then there would be. You, can you imagine eight or twelve NFL players, guys getting pissed off at each other? And it just it wouldn't have been worth it to be playing for thousands of dollars. There would have been fistfights on the on the 18th green. Absolutely. Now you you just mentioned him. I I I would have heard about it if you played with him. But did you have you ever seen Michael play golf or been on the same course when Michael was there? I've probably been on the same course, but never played with him. No. But like every any time I would see Michael, I mean, he was always very friendly. Right. Uh, but no, I was listen. I was I knew better, Merck, than Merck to get into that. That crew, I mean, that crew was like was like Roenick, it was Dent, it was MJ, and they were they, you know much higher rollers than 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 me. I didn't want any part of that. I was out there to play with Peter, Tom Willis, and John Mangum and having some some giggles and some fun. So so a crazy story. Uh, I was playing with a, one of our former uh, sales executives here, okay, years ago at Kemper, and the head of Kemper came out and said to us. 
hey, did you see who's on the, the back nine right now? And we're like, no, who? He goes, MJ, Scottie Pippen, and Kukoc. Yeah. And this was right after Pippen made those comments that LeBron could be better than MJ. And I'm like, really? They're together? Oh, and he's wow. like, yeah, yeah, they're fine with it. And I said, and Kukoc is there? And he said to me, uh, Michael, when he's playing for money, doesn't go anywhere without Tony. Oh, well, because Tony's a great player. Tony is a great yeah. player. Great and he'll player. play for any stakes, from what I understand. Right, right. So I thought that was crazy. And he's like, did yeah. you see the, the fancy cars on the way in? I'm like, no, nah, I, I wasn't even paying attention. But Michael was on the same court. Listen, there, are, there were places, I don't know if they do it now, but certainly back in the day, like if, if Michael was on the course, they'd tell you, hey, you know, well, we don't got any tee times for until uh, four. Right. Or they would, you know, they would, they would arrange it so that those guys all had you know, had had as much privacy as as they could get. So. Right. Uh, okay, a couple other things. I made the rankings here, Tom. Tell me if you agree with them. Okay. Uh, this is the of the five weekday hosts we have. I put the rankings. So who's the from best to worst? Okay. Uh, number one is you, and don't say no, no, no. You're you're the best golfer. No, I yeah. I am, but it's yeah. like in comparison, like it's I I'm the tallest short guy. Okay. To say to I guess listen, you're you're one start. of those guys that people hate though because you won't pick a club up for seven months, and then you'll send me a text. Hey, I just played three rounds of golf with my dad. Shot eighty six, eighty five, eighty seven. Oh no, it's usually 80, 81, 80, 82. Okay, fine. Yeah. There you I mean, go. give me some yeah. credit. Okay, man. there you go. Uh, number two, I've got Carmen. Who can who can absolutely destroy the ball? Um, but really good hitter of the golf ball, not greater on the greens. But I got Carmen number two. Do you agree with okay. that? Uh, number three, I'm going to go with Cap. When Cap was playing more frequently, I know he doesn't play much now. Cap was pretty damn good. Like Cap could beat me every now and again. Cap can destroy the ball. Yeah, he hits the ball a country mile. He's not. He's not. Really, he doesn't have a great short game. I played him no. twice, and that, that's what I noticed right away. His, maybe that comes with obviously playing more. But I, I played with him uh, for a, a Lou Malnati's charity. I want to say last fall, and I whipped his ass. But. Like, yeah, he doesn't play nearly as much as he did back then. So I would say, okay, Carm is second. I would say Cap is a close third. Right. And then I would say distant fourth, and, and I love him. I, I work with him every day, is that the good kid. And the good, no one plays more golf than the good kid. But, you know, I mean, he, he's throw, he throws up at least every round an eight or a nine. And, and, yeah, he's, and, jo, here's two things about Johnny as a golfer, and I've never really played with him, but I've seen him play. Johnny blocks it a lot. Johnny's, you know, has a hard time getting through the ball. Hits it right quite often, and Johnny likes to play hero golf. Sometimes, Merck, as you know, yep. you got to play for a bogey. Like when you get yourself in a tight spot, the last like Johnny wants to play hero golf. So, like he's locked in in uh, six inches of grass behind a tree, and Johnny's trying to hook it around the tree onto the green, hundred ninety yards away. And that's just silly. I mean, that's like I, it's silly from my perspective if you're trying to card the best score. Now, I mean, Johnny goes out there and just wants to, you know, to take chances and, and be a free wheeler. That's one thing. But Johnny will throw up big numbers because he likes to play hero golf. I'm not that kind of guy. And it's what I've tried to teach you over the course of time as well, Merck. Sometimes bogey's a good score. It's like I say in football, my friend. Punt is a four-letter word, but it's not always a bad word. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. No, I'm with you. I'm with Sometimes you. the best thing to do is punt, play a little defense, and play the field goal game or the field position game. In golf, sometimes take your medicine, take the L, and move on. I agree. I agree. And then fifth is Sylvie, and yeah, he doesn't play. It's where he doesn't play. But I played with him a couple times in a couple of our outings. He's not bad. I mean, he, no, I know I'm he bad. used to playing in high school. Um, he's got a he's got a good swing. There's no. You're question. right. Yeah. He he does. He's surprisingly good at golf despite never playing. Um, 
he he's a sneaky good athlete. I mean, whether it's basketball, it's baseball, whatever it is, he's don't you know don't let don't let his you know self depreciation or whatever the word would be. Uh, don't don't let it fool you. He if he put his mind to it and he got involved in it. He he could play. I mean, I think that think with a little bit of hard work, he could find himself in the number four, the pole position, yes. possibly at some point himself. Absolutely agree. So before we before we finish up here, Tom, I actually two Saturdays ago I went out and played uh, at Deerfield Golf Course um, in Riverwoods, actually in Riverwoods, and um, with the new restrictions. Uh, it was it was interesting because you only are, basically you're only allowed it's it's a two it's a twosome out every 15 minutes so you basically have eight golfers on every hour and I got paired up with a internist actually um, doctor really? yeah and he ended up leaving after nine so the back nine I was playing by myself with and there were, I counted like maybe three other groups on the whole course so uh, it was definitely different when you show up that you they tell you not to show up before like 10 minutes before your tea right. time. You basically, they say, don't change anything. Be already ready to go. So mm-hmm. I grabbed my clubs, got up there. They had all these wipes for you. Um, if you wanted a scorecard, they had that as well. And they basically said, you know, hey, um, you know, just uh, you should wait on any shots because there's 15 minutes in between each, each tee time. And when you get to the hole, there's uh, like a little styrofoam like donut that's in the hole. So, you know, you can putt in, but it, it basically the ball doesn't go down. It just stays up right up top of the hole. And you just grab it and uh, go on to the next hole. And, you know, I, I think I finished, um, I teed off, I think, around 2.30 or 3 o'clock, and I finished around 6. So it was like three-hour round. It wasn't bad. And the price was good. Um, listen, it, you know, to, just to get on the golf course, I, I will yeah. do it in a second. Play, I would know. think that not only are you getting the physical exercise, it's, it's the mental exercise as well. I And I... Look, I, I give you a ton of credit because you'll walk onto a golf course and just play because you love the sport so much that it, you don't even have to have like a, a group playing with you. You'll show up with a golf co- at a golf course and get paired with someone and go play golf because you love the sport so much. Right, and I, I will say though that Tom, that you, they have no no push carts and obviously they have no electric carts either. So uh, you had to if you didn't have a push cart, you had to carry your clubs. And I haven't carried my clubs in a long time. I don't know when's the last time I even played golf and. On the back nine, I was out there. I mean, I guess I could have called and someone could have come get me, but I, I was like 14 and 15. You know, I'm glad there was like no one behind me. A couple of times I had to stop for a second because it was getting a little taxing. Not that I was tired from walking, but just carrying the clubs around for having, after having done it in a long time was, was getting a little annoying. I have to admit. Yeah. Yeah. You're getting old, Merck. I mean, that's, I am. You should am. be able to haul your golf clubs around the course for 18 holes without having to take a breather. Yeah, it, it was it was a little rough. I have to. Admit. I would think too that that's going to affect how you play the final three or four holes as you well. As you get a little lazy and you're not getting through the ball. But I played the back nine so much better than I played the front nine. So, and the last well, that's because you probably haven't been playing at all. So right. you got a little bit of you know, right, right muscle memory. Yep, yep. Well, uh, Tommy, this has been great. Golf club. Um, I'm glad you were part of it this week and. Uh, Obviously, you'll be back again, and this is a, a great uh, vehicle for golf fans to hear some great stories and uh, talk about the great game of golf. Thanks for doing it, Tom. You got it, buddy.